to me, motivation is motivation. And I'm very motivationally driven. And if I'm motivated to do something, I will put the time in to be successful at it. Welcome to The Space Between, the middle path between East and West, psychology and spirituality, high performance and inner peace. Hey, everybody. My name is Katie Cheadle, and I'm here with my co-host, Clint Monford, on The Space Between podcast. And today... We have a special guest, a Super Bowl champion, retired NFL player, Cal Bear, um, an amazing brother, an amazing son, a husband to a beautiful wife, a new dad to a gorgeous girl, Kennedy, and one of my dear friends, Shane Vereen. Shane, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you for that intro. Make me feel good. Yes, yes. <laughs> amazing human. Um, I want to start. Kennedy, Kennedy Vereen, she's here. What yeah. is that? Yeah, how is dad life? How's that going? You're seven weeks in. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a learning experience to say the least. Uh, you know, you can never, I firmly believe now that you can never really prepare yourself completely. Uh, you know, there's so many, like every baby's different. There's so many things that we read and learned about that don't even apply to our child. Um, but more than anything, it's it's one of the most special, gratifying, um, and and loving experiences that I've, I've ever had, um, and it's just special. I just wake up with a smile on my face, mm-hmm. even if I'm tired. It's okay. Right, you're an official girl dad. Has it softened you a little bit? <laughs> uh, I think it softened me in certain spots and hardened me in others. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, but I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And, and, uh, you know, at first when we found out it was a girl, I was a little uneasy. Uh, but as the days went on and weeks went on, I started to get more and more excited. And, and really, I think I'm happy that we had a girl first. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I know you have, you know, you're into your faith, but it's like that was the plan, right? Like God had a yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, well, yeah. The plan was to have a boy first. That didn't that didn't work out. Um, I think, but I think part of that's almost every guy's plan uh, to have a guy have a son first. But um, I'm I'm beyond the moon and in love with her, so uh, oh. I can't complain at all. Oh my gosh! Well, congratulations, Shane. Is that Muhammad Ali behind you? In the in the picture? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily say it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, that's actually one of the reasons you were on my list of people that I wanted to interview for this podcast, because I remember in college, you had a picture of Muhammad Ali um, in yeah. your room. And I like, for me that I had never seen that image before I met you. And for me, that image is like, I don't know, just like the ultimate badass picture. He's like above looking at the guy on the ground. It's like that yeah. energy, right? Um, yeah. And I always pictured like my dream office having that picture of Muhammad Ali, like high performance, badass, and then like Buddha on the other side of like getting chill <laughs> and calm. But outside of Muhammad Ali, who are your other like athlete inspiration? Like who motivates you? Yeah, who did yeah. you find in body? Yeah. Um, let's, so football wise, it, there was a running back in the eighties for the Bears named Walter Payton. Um, he wore 34 also. He's a big inspiration for me. Um, I would say my dad was a big inspiration. Uh, he played college ball in a little bit in pros. Um, outside of football, I would probably say I would like Kobe, rest in peace. Um, growing up, watching him, Shaq. Um, really, I was more drawn, you know, like the underdog stories is a great story. And I, you know, and 
I, I really honor it and respect those stories, but I really, really liked the guys who won and continued to win and continued to stay on top, uh, continue to pile up title after title um, because of the amount of hard work they had to put in to stay at that level. Um, that was extremely inspiring to me. Shane, I never thought about that, like the difference between those narratives of like, the front runner experience versus the underdog. Um, that's like a different, that's a different mindset because the underdog, you got nothing to lose. Right. Front runner, you got a lot to lose. Yeah. What was that pressure like? I imagine, you know, playing on the Patriots, mm -hmm. right? You're not the underdog. On, so yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. And I think that that kind of like uh, helped me to land where I am today as far as my mindset is um, we got everyone's best shot every Sunday. Um, we couldn't take a week off. Um, so with that, it taught me how to truly prepare for something. It taught me what hard work really is. Um, and it's not just what you do on the field. It's what you do off the field, what you, what you put in your body. Um, and I, I group that in with hard work and dedication because you have to be dedicated to something if you really want to reach the peak and the apex of any, any sport. Um, any field that, that, that it may be in, whether medical, sports, whatever it may be. Um, and then to have the ability and the strength and, and the teamwork to stay at the top, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother conversation. And, and that I like, they say that like you learn a lot from winning um, or excuse me, they say you learn a lot from losing, but also with winning, with, with having success, you can't allow success to mask the things that you're not doing well. Um, you can't just think, okay, so we went out and we won. Yeah, we barely won by one point, but it's a win. Everybody's happy. No, you have to go back to the drawing board and be like, we almost lost. Why did, what did, what can we do better? Where can we get better next week? Um, and taking it week by week, um, you know, those are the little things that coming in as like a 21 year old, uh, rookie, you don't really understand, um, you, you know, and that that took a lot of time for me to really learn and and um, and really, really make it a part of who I am. Right. Shane, if you can't, you know, if even on the days you win, you're still wired to be like, how could we have done even better? Like what lessons if you are constantly in that mind state, what brought you peace? Because that's like <laughs> that's yeah. anxiety, right? Like what brought yeah. you peace? Yeah. So what brought, what brought me peace is knowing that I gave everything that I could. Uh, what, what brought me peace was if we, if we did take the field and lost, it wasn't because we didn't get their best shots because we got their best shot. And sometimes it happens. They get paid too. That was, that was like a common saying around uh, most of my teams is like, yeah, that wasn't a good play, but they get paid too. So, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Um, but at the end of the day, that team, that locker room was something special. I'm still extremely close with those guys. And we helped keep each other balanced and, and kept it light and, and fun in the locker room. Um, winning is fun. <laughs> and, uh, and also, you know, also I would just say, yeah, you know, knowing that no matter what, I'm going to go out there, this whole collective team, this group is going to give everything we have when lose or draw. I think that that gave me the most peace. And at the end of the day, I can sit back and look at my time, my four, my four seasons that I spent there and say, yeah, I, I gave everything, every ounce that I had. And, and I think that's, that's the most gratifying thing about it. Yes. Oh, that brings peace. I love that. Yeah. 
Um, okay, we have more questions about that time in your life, but I want to go back to like little Shane right now. Right. So dad played football. Your brother played football. Um, is Brock still playing Shane? No, you know, he's not playing anymore. Yeah, yeah. He played, he was in for like two and a half, three years or so. And then he wanted to get out and he started his own thing. So but, uh, yeah. Football family. What was, what was it like? Like the culture growing up? Was it like, you just knew football was going to be your path? Was there a high expectation? Was there pressure? What was that like? You know, the, the only, uh, I got to give credit to my mom and my dad, because the only expectation that they had of us, uh, me and my younger brother, was um, excelling in school. That was it. We can go out and have a terrible game in basketball, baseball, track, excuse me, football, whatever it may be. Um, but if our grades aren't on point, it's going to be an issue inside the house. <laughs> point blank period. Like, that, that's it. Um, but what I think what that taught me is that, take that same effort and attention to detail that I had to in my schoolwork to, in order to play sports. And that kind of carried over into whatever, whatever sport I was playing. Um, there was never a day without competition in our family. Uh, my mom is the biggest trash talker I think I've ever met. And it's, it's, it's a great, it's unbelievable. Don't like, there's a, like me, my dad, and my brother always say, don't let mom beat you because if she beats you, she's going to let you know about it for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she played tennis. Uh, she was a collegiate tennis player and everything. Like she's still playing tennis to this day um, with her club out in California and stuff like that. So um, she's extremely athletic and extremely competitive. And I think uh, my dad is a little more laid back, um, but extremely hard worker. So I think I, I kind of, got a little bit from both of them growing up um but there was never really a dull moment uh in our house yeah. oh gosh yeah shane yeah i, I want to ask you about the the excelling schoolwork thing because i was looking back over your your resume and uh, i saw that you had a, a 4.0 gpa in high school uh which is amazing and then that you graduated from berkeley in three and a half years while you did everything you did in sports and i'm just wondering how you managed to do that. And then two, if you had any, like any mental habits or any daily practices that allowed you to stay so focused in both of those areas of your life. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I guess once you get to college, um, it kind of, you know, you don't have the parental supervision anymore and it's kind of up to yourself. Um, but I would say that growing up, uh, being able to understand, well, just learning that school is the catalyst that's going to take you places. Uh, knowledge, re being able, like reading, um, being able to make decisions for yourself, a lot of those things, being able to make the right decision, I should say. A lot of those things, I think, were ingrained in me growing up, um, you know, sac knowing how to sacrifice and, and you know, there's, <laughs> there's times where I didn't have my homework done. This is like when I was young, like Pop Warner football, where I didn't have my homework done before practice. And the rule was you had to finish your homework before or you couldn't go to practice. So there's times when both me and my brother would be at practice in full pads, finishing our homework before, <laughs> we, before we got to join the kids for practice. I love that. Uh, yeah, it was just always, it was just always um, a big point of emphasis. Um, not only with my mother, but with my dad too. And once I graduated college, um, my dad said to me, I'll never forget this. He said to me, um, you can go on and do whatever you want, but I'll never be more proud of you than I am today. Mm. Um, and so that was really, really big. Um, you know, I, I'll never forget that. And um, 
I'm, I don't know, man. It just, I, when I got into college, I was so focused. Well, I was in, when I was in high school, I, all I wanted to ever do was play college football. That was my dream. That was my goal is to play college football. Loved watching it on Saturdays. And that was my thing. And then once I got to that point, once I got into college, it was like, you know, continuation. I got lucky, got into the major that I wanted. I was lucky enough not to fail any classes or redo any classes. So everything kind of just lined up for me. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, um, uh, I, I promised my mom and my grandma that I wouldn't leave school without my degree. And so about halfway through, I kind of just put my head down. I was like, I'm just going to knock this stuff out, um, just get it done. And, um, you know, and then let my athletics take me wherever they may, but I definitely want to get this done first. And that's always been a priority for me. That's awesome. If Shane, when you went to the NFL after college, you know, college, you're balancing so much. You did track, you did football, you're getting grades, right? Like yeah. once you go to the NFL, it's a business now and that's life. That's your paycheck. That's all you have to do is football. Was that in some way easier or was it definitely harder? What was that like? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I would say both. It was easier in the sense to where when I went home, I could turn on TV and pass out. Uh, <laughs> right. there's, you know, there's no reading, there's no papers, there, there's none of that I had to do. On the flip side, there's so much more time that you, that you have to put in um, into football, into being good when everybody is good. Um, that, that took, that took me a little bit to understand is, you know, I've always like not to, to my own horn, but I've always been like fast or athletic or one of the more athletic guys on the team. But then once you get to the professional level, everybody's fast, everybody's athletic, everybody's strong, everybody's smart. So what, what are those little things that are really going to make you stand out and keep you in the league? Uh, it's much harder to stay in the NFL than it is to get into the NFL. Right. Uh, and so once I got that opportunity, I will say there was a learning curve, but I think I started really figuring it out why certain guys stayed in the league or why certain guys were three years and out or done before they were ready to be done. Mm. Uh, and I, I just tried to focus on the, on those little things that I really wanted to work on. Um, and I just tried to prioritize my life. I think that was, that was like, a, that, that took a while, but prioritizing what's important um, throughout the year um, and where do I want to be in the next couple of years and prioritizing my life that way uh, really took hold. Yeah. Shane, what did you notice about the guys that had really long careers in the NFL versus the guys that got out before they wanted to? Was it like a mental toughness difference or was it the way they took care of their physical bodies? What did you notice about that? Um, preparation. Got it. Um, you know, I, I, 110%. There's guys that are in the league longer than guys who are better or more athletic or stronger, faster than other guys. And so that was, I was like, why is this guy, I'm, this guy's not as fast as him. He's not as strong as this guy, but he's been in the league for 10 plus years. How, so, um, I think those guys, the guys that stay are prepared. Um, they're taking care of their bodies. Uh, they're taking care of their mental health. Um, and they're taking every single day seriously. They have that chip on their shoulder that if I slip up once, if I don't, if I don't complete this task, if I don't go hard every single day, I'm going to be shipped out of here. And I think kind of that little bit of fear 
um, is enough motivation. I know it was for me, it was enough motivation to get that extra set on that day off. What do I really need to take a day off and just sit on the couch or can I go and meditate? Can I go do yoga? Can I go just do something to keep my mind sharp, to keep my body um, in shape and ready to perform? Yeah. Oh my God. Shane, you're hyping me up. I feel like <laughs> when you do have your son, you're going to be a coach. Oh my God. Um, Shane, did your relationship with football change when you got to the NFL? Cause I know Cal bear Shane loved the sport so deeply. Like, did you still love it when it became a business and became life or did it shift a bit? What was that like? Uh, it definitely shifted. Mm. Um, that, that was, um, that kind of hurt me because I would have played football for free. Like I just loved it. Um, I loved, I just loved everything about it. What it does, it brings your team together, guys from all over the country. And now they're, now they're family. Um, then you, you're everyone's putting it. I just love the whole culture around that team sport of football. Um, when the business gets involved, it gets extremely messy. Um, it gets extremely self-centered in a sense where you have to think about yourself um above the team mm. um and then not only that there's upper management and the front office that that you have to deal with on a yearly basis for whatever reason it may be i think business the business side is one of the reasons why um for me why i started to fall out of love with football as my career continued to go um i just saw certain players getting treated certain ways um, you know, and it just, it just, it was disheartening. I will be honest. It was, it was pretty disheartening. Um, but this, and the only way I think that I was really able to get over that was just focus on myself and focus on what I can do to be better and not try not to worry about the business stuff because the business stuff is enough to make you go crazy and, and just hate it completely. Um, it's messy. It's messy. And, and it's unfortunate, especially for the guys who truly love the game. Um, I think that, that that's a little side note that you don't really understand much about, but, um, so yeah, it, that, that, that was a tough pill to swallow going through all the business things. Um, but it's a, but it's a part of it, you know, right, comes right. With it. was that the most, um, mentally challenging part of your NFL experience of just like navigating the business and the sport, or was it your injuries or show the preparation stuff you were just talking about. What was the most mentally challenging experience you had in the NFL? Injuries without, with, without a doubt. Um, the hardest part for me, well, the hardest part in my opinion of playing in the NFL is being healthy for 16, 17 weeks in a year in a season. Like it's, it's, I only did it in my seven, eight year career. I think two seasons I played every game, only like only like two or three of those seasons I was able to play in every game. Um, all the other ones were I missed games due to injury. And, you know, it, what it does is like you're now, because the team goes and practices and you stay in the training room, um, the team goes to games and, and you're at home. Um, it, that whole team bonding, that team feeling, that family feeling, you're, you're kind of you're kind of separated from that. You're at a, you're looking at it at a distance and, you know, during camp and stuff, you get tired and you just want days off and you just want to relax and get away. But when you want to be out there, 
and you physically can't do it, it's the most frustrating thing, especially if your team is struggling and you know you can help. Um, and then, and then the balance of not rushing yourself back um, just because you want to play so bad, not rushing yourself back and then risking another injury. Um, but by hands down, the hardest part and, and what gave me the most stress, the most anxiety was when I was injured and not able to play right. for sure. So that's, you know, that, that, that sounds so challenging. And I'm curious, I mean, you mentioned all of the, the negative kind of feelings and emotions that that brought to you. How did you, how did you center yourself when you were dealing with those emotions and what did you do to kind of counter those and keep yourself in a good place? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of when I got into, um, I don't know, like just quiet time. Um, because you can, you get so caught up in, um, will I, will I be healthy again? And of course you're going to be healthy, but you start questioning everything about yourself and everything that you did. Could I have prevented this from happening? What could I have done different? And you start, you start racking your brain and, and really tiring yourself out, trying to figure out how you could have prevented it instead of just dealing with the issue at hand. So I think one thing that really gave me peace was focusing on, okay, how can I get better today so that tomorrow's a better day? And how do I keep stacking these days and just narrowing my focus down um, to what I need to accomplish hour by hour, day by day, instead of looking at the big picture of how many games I might miss? Um, you know, how long is it going to take me to really get back to full speed? Um, what, you know, will they put me back on the field? Because I've already been hurt. I was hurt last year. I'm hurt again this year. Well, what, what are they going to do with my contract? A lot of those things is, um, one of my, one of my high school coaches, he, I still am really close with him. He said, control the controllables. Um, you can't control the, what happened yesterday, but what you can do is prepare yourself for tomorrow. Um, and so what I just try to do is just narrow the focus down to whatever I was rehabbing, um, and do the best I could each and every day, um, and keep it really small. Yeah. I think Shane, like from a mental health perspective, it's like, that's what you just described as mindfulness, right? Like being present one thing at a time. And like, when we're freaking out about the future, we're in anxiety or when we're like, damn, like I could have done this or that we can get really depressed. And it's like, yeah. you know, it's like being present is where like the joy is and where we get our control back. You know, as you're talking, obviously you're not the only player that's dealt with injuries in the NFL. Talk about like the stigma around football players and taking care of their mental health. Cause you guys are, these alpha guys that go out there and hit, you're like a gladiator yeah. going to war. And so it's like, oh, are you soft with you taking care of your <laughs> mental health? Right. Yeah, How, yeah. You know, it's like, can you talk about that? Yeah. Um, and I think that that start now, I think it's, it's become, people are becoming more and more aware of it. But like when I started when I was eight and started playing football, seven or eight, it was like, you got to be a man, be tough, rub, rub some dirt on it. So it's like, that was like the mentality, like, all the way up until like, I think maybe my second year in New England, this was like 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013, we hired a mental coach. They, they, brought, they brought in a guy um, who was there all season. He was also the team chaplain, but he was somebody that we could go to, talk to, lay out our issues. Um, and he, he's still, he's, he's worked with other teams now, but he's a prominent name now in the league. Um, and an unbelievable guy, his name is Jack Easterby. And um, 
that being able to go and express those those emotions, express those frustrations, um, you don't you don't realize how helpful it is until you actually bring yourself to do it because it, it wasn't it wasn't part of the norm. It wasn't something that people readily talked about because um, those to me are the, are the worst type of injuries or the mental injuries. You can tell a guy is not the same person. Um, that's the real scary part. Um, so the most you can do um, mental wise, I think the better. Right, right. Yeah, I'm glad to see that it's it looks like as an outsider that it is changing the stigma around it. But I'm glad from your perspective that you see that, too. That's that's I don't know. That's encouraging for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's, you're not a, it's not big, bad and manly to go and sit and talk about your feelings. Right. It's like, you know, of what should be right. But it, but it's not but it's not looked at that looked at it that way, unfortunately. But yeah, it's important. Right. It really is. And, and then I feel like it's so everything's so interconnected too. When you actually take care of those things, that's going to uplift your bodily health, right? They don't operate in a vacuum. And then you, as a result of both of those things, you're able to perform better on the field and in your pre preparation, right? Did, did you find that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, you walk, cause we have in the NFL, you have like meetings all day and then you go out and practice for two hours and you go back to meetings. So what I, what, I found is is the, the clearer my head was, the, the more alert I was in meetings, the better practices I had. And not only that, the more energy I had at the end of the day um, to, to power me through the long days, especially when it's like week 15, week 20, and you know, you're just run down. The mental is, is at that point, everybody's banged up. Um, everybody's tired, everybody's sore. It's the mental part that, that keeps you, that really keeps you going, keeps you motivated. Um, keeping that motivation throughout the entire season is a tough thing as well. So I found that, I found that the more clear I was, the more at ease, the more, the more I could just breathe, take a deep breath and know that everything's going to be okay. Um, the better I was on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Shane, awesome. did, you have to, did you have to like compartmentalize things in the NFL, like how you showed up in your relationship or as a friend or Shane off the field, or was that, I don't know, man, I imagine that's really difficult to do during like a long NFL season. Yeah. Um, wow. Oh man. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> I'm kind of stumped right now. Um, so I, I compartmentalize now, I guess, um, in a sense to where like you work hard, play hard, like, but I always knew whether I was out away from, whether it was off season, um, maybe on a vacation or whether it was during season and we wanted to go do a running back dinner or something like that. And we were out on the town. Um, I always knew that number one above everything else, I was a, a football player, an athlete. Um, and that was my number one priority was a don't screw it up, but B there's always something to get better at. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I didn't enjoy myself, but at the same time, I knew in the morning I got to get up and I got to, I got to go work out. You know, I think where guys get in a lot of trouble is they, they think the off season is the off season. And now you're three months behind the guy that's trying to take your spot. You see him. So, um, I, I knew that like I could enjoy it and have a good time, but if I wasn't taken care of numero uno, then it would all be for nothing. Right. And um, those, those, 
those fun nights out would be limited and shortened because my playing career would be limited and shortened as well. And so I, I don't think it was compartmentalized. I think it was just more of keeping the priorities, the priorities at all times. That makes sense. Shane, did you, did you um, visualize before games and like you run rehearsals in your mind? Or I know you just talked about every, every single day, every minute, yes. so, like all week, I, all I was thinking about, all I was thinking about were like, you know, cause like you think of yourself in like highlight reels and stuff like that, you know, like, Ooh, I can, like, you see something on film. You're like, Ooh, I could do that. I wonder if I could do that this week, you know? Um, but all my mind was always, always going, always thinking about certain plays, always thinking about, um, making plays. Um, and, and the funny thing is like, I would have, if I had a, if I had a bad play or a bad game and I started thinking about that instead of thinking about making a play, like that's how my play like followed in yeah. a sense. If I made a bad play in the first quarter and I harped on it, the game would, for me personally, would just start to kind of just, not that it would go downhill and then it would just stay stagnant. Um, if I made a good play in the beginning of the game and I, and I kept thinking about that, my gameplay just started going through the roof. Um, so, so learning that a bad play is the end of the world and a good play is not, you're not at the top of the world. Um, is, is a big, is a big portion of it too. Um, but I was always thinking, always coming up with ideas of what they, what I could be seeing defensively, what I can do offensively. And, you know, you watch, you watch guys make amazing plays. And you're like, I want to do that. So, yeah. So I was always, always thinking. Right. It's so that's like what the research tells us about visualizing, like the more you see yourself doing great things, the more you do them. If you dwell on the negative, you go there and like you you just explained that that was literally your experience on the field. <laughs> yeah. like, what happened? Yeah. Did you meditate, Shane? Like dur during your time recovering from injury, you talked about like getting still and having quiet time. Was that more like connected to prayer and religion or was that meditation or what did that look like? Um, I think it was both. I definitely took time for prayer and religion. Um, and we had Bible study every week um, that I participated in, but also... Um, I would take five, 10 minutes, whether I'm in the steam or the sauna, you know, something where I'm just, where it's just me by myself and, and really just sit there, no music, no nothing. And just sit there and just calm down, think about like, take everything one step at a time. You know, sometimes you start thinking about there's so many things in your brain and like, you think it's a million things when it's really just two things that you have to get done. There's only two things that are really worth the focus or worth your time and worth your worrying. And sometimes you just have to sit back and just, and just let it just think about everything and realize, okay, it's not that bad. I'm fine. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> you know, we'll take, we'll take it as, as we go along and, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Everything is okay. Right. Shane, yeah. I remember in college too, like you, you always went to church, like on Sundays, like you're such a multifaceted human of like, you know, like, I don't know how you do it all, but yeah, it seems like your spirituality has always been important. Yeah, no, I absolutely grew up in the church and it's always been a big part of me. Um, and it, it was lucky because uh, Ernie, my roommate was uh, Catholic as well. So I had somebody to kind of go with me, but also like we kept each other uh, accountable. Right. Um, you know, cause it's, it's easy to, when there's so much going on, it's easy to let those little things slide. Yeah. Um, 
But at the end of the day, it's those little things that kind of make you who you are as a person. Yes. Shane, so let's jump to the Super Bowl, which is like the pinnacle, the ultimate high of like an athletic career. Um, Dude, what was what was that like? I just have that like I have the vision of you like on the field with like all this confetti and just like (laughs) pure bliss. Um, What was that like, man? Unbelievable. Um, It's it's it was intoxicating. Um, one of my favorite, my, probably my favorite part about playing football is running out of the tunnel on a home game, right? Out, or an away game, right? Out of the tunnel, either hearing boos or hearing cheers. That is that hands down still to this day, gives me goosebumps when I think about it. So taking the field in the Super Bowl, it, I just, I didn't, there's really no words. I just knew that I belonged there. Like this is how it should feel. This is, this is where I belong. This is like, I just felt so at home. Um, and it was, like I said, it was intoxicating. There was just a feeling in the stadium the entire time. Um, and just a certain energy that like, you just, it, oh my goodness, you know, and I wasn't even like in the biggest game, um, that I've ever played in, I wasn't nervous. I was, I was like shaking, but like, it wasn't out of nerves. It was out of like, I was just anxious and just wanted to go play so bad. And I remember being in the, cause we got the ball first. So I remember being in the huddle for the first snap and like literally my knees are like just quivering and I'm just like so ready to go. And like, I've never had that feeling again or since that, um, as far as just pure excitement and just joy. And, you know, I, I literally, it helps that it helps that we want. I'm not gonna lie to you. I probably, I probably wouldn't be this this in depth if we if we didn't win. But at the same but at the same time, it just everything just like I just felt like a kid playing a game, um, and it was just it was the time of my life. That's that's so amazing. I, I can't even imagine what that thrill must have been like. Every part of it that you described. But I actually want to ask you about part of the experience during that game. And for people that might not remember, this is the 2015 Super Bowl versus the Seahawks that was decided on, decided on that last second play, the interception, right? Okay, so defense is on the field. You're on the sidelines, right? With no ability to control the situation whatsoever. What, what were those moments like when you were having to watch and have no control over what was going on? The worst. <laughs> the, absolute, the absolute worst. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I was a wreck. So um, we go down and score and we go up four points and then Seattle's driving the field. And when they got the ball down to the one yard line, I kind of just was sitting on the sidelines and I just kind of put my hands, my my hands on my head and just Mm -hmm. was staring at the ground. And I just couldn't believe that after all this, after everything we went through that season, after all the hard work, after being down to the best defense in the league and then, coming back in the fourth quarter, taking the lead, just the roller coaster ride had just exhausted me. And I just was so disheartened. I was like, we did all that. And I don't know if we're going to pull this out. But at the same time, I was thinking about, okay, say we do get the ball back, how much time we're going to get, yada, yada, yada. And then before I know it, I hear everybody screaming. 
And then I look up at the jumbotron and I see what happened. So I didn't even see the play, but I see what, <laughs> I see what happened. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, I was like this is insane. Oh yeah. And then I just throw my helmet in the air and you know, let the party begin. But, yeah, then you had plenty of energy all of a sudden again, right? Yeah, exactly. Have you ever gone down that rabbit hole and thought though, like how you would have responded emotionally if it hadn't come out that way? You mean in the game? Yeah, yeah. Like say, you know, if the interception hadn't happened and if you hadn't lost and then you had to deal with losing on the biggest stage, right? And, and being so close to that, you know, have yeah. you thought about how you would have responded, uh, you know, emotionally and mentally? Um, it definitely would have been, um, you know, this is something I always look at myself first when, when things don't go according to plan, um, whether it's sports, whatever it may be outside of sports family wise um business wise now um if something doesn't go according to plan i internally look at myself what could i have done differently um and so i think i probably would have started there um but also i think i i would have used that as motivation um when i was in high school my senior year of high school we weren't very good that year but uh we were playing our crosstown rival and if we won that game, we would have we would have gone to the playoffs. Well, we ended up losing that game with like 13 seconds to go. Um, but to be honest with you, I think about that game more than I think about the Super Bowl. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that, I think that that game my senior year um, has a lot to do with my motivation to this day. Um, it was motivating me all through college. Um, it motivated me, motivated me through the NFL. I, multiple times a week, I would think about that game, especially when I was tired. Um, so I, I took, I think I take losses better than I take winning, which is, which is weird, but I, I but losing motivates me to get better. It get, has, it's a reason, it's a feeling that I can go back to and, and remind myself what that felt like and how I don't want to have that feeling again. And what can I do um, myself so that I don't have to feel that again? I mean, we know that you're not always going to win and you're going to take some losses, but what can you learn to prepare yourself better for the next time? Is And now that I'm not in sports, I'm trying to apply it to like the other business stuff that I'm doing. And it's a shift, but at the same time, motivation, and to me, motivation is motivation. And um, that I'm very motivationally driven. And if I'm motivated to do something, I will take the time in, I will put the time in um, to be successful at it. Yeah. Shane, I have questions about that of like your shift away from football. Like, was that bittersweet? Were you ready? Who is Shane Vereen without football? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I still think I'm, I still think that I'm figuring out who Shane Vereen is after football. I mean, I know who I am, but like, as far as, you know, um, of course it's bittersweet. I, I still miss football. Um, you know, but given the opportunity, I wouldn't go back and play. Um, I'm very, like, I think it was the right time for me. Um, I think that, um, I was ready mentally drained and, and just ready to move on, um, and start some other things. And, you know, and, and I think part of that goes back to me saying, knowing that I put a lot of effort and a lot of time into it. So, um, 
you know, there, there's not too many woulda, shoulda, couldas. Um, but now it's just trying to figure out what I like to do and, and where my niche is, um, you know, what keeps me motivated, um, what's something that I can enjoy. Um, and, and that's, you know, that, that has its ups and downs as well. Um, but I'm a firm believer that you have to go like 100% into something to figure it out if I like it or not uh, for me personally. And so I, I'm trying a lot of different things now and, and some I enjoy, some I'm like, ah, you know, might not, might not be for me. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting experience uh, to say the least. Right. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, it's like you're re yeah, you're recreating like your identity. Um, it's, in, you know, I think motivation is like, it can be fleeting because some days I wake up and I want to be great. And some days it's like, um, I kind of want to chill today, but I yeah. feel like to be great, like, you know, your football career, even on the days you weren't feeling it, you had to have a discipline. And so I'm so curious of like, what is your driving force? Was it fear of like, or was it anger? Was it this desire to be the best? Like, what was your motivator that was like constant shame? Fear. Fear. Fear, for sure. Fear. Of what? Yeah. Um, of not reaching my own goals. Um, fear of letting my family down. Um, fear of not being good enough, meaning somebody takes my spot. Um, you know, there, there's a few, maybe those are probably the big three. Um, and that, that pushed me, um, you know, I, you have to be, you have to be careful. I had to, I had to learn to be careful with how much I allowed that fear to really control me, um, as a, instead of using it as motivation, really getting too deep in thought about it and then getting kind of like sad and depressed about it, you know, um, but being able to use that fear as motivation um, as kind of like the Kickstarter every morning uh, to my day. Um, I think that that was extremely useful. Is that, is fear still a driving force for you now in business and whatever you're working on these days? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just fear just to not, I don't wanna, I never wanna stay stagnant. Uh, you know, I always wanna be, putting my family in a better situation. I always want to be working towards a goal, working towards something um, because that, that's, that's fun to me. And I, it feels like it gives me more of a purpose in a sense, uh, whatever it may be. And um, so I would definitely say fear is still part of my, my daily life, yeah. Shane, what is next for you professionally? I know I see you on my TV on Sundays and Saturdays <laughs> sometimes commentating, yeah. but yeah, what, what, yeah, what are you doing these days? Um, so because of last year was all weird with Corona and everything. So I didn't call games. Um, wife was pregnant most of last year too. And that kind of factored into it as well. So, but, um, me and my brother, uh, we are partners with this, um, e-gaming network. So still kind of in the sports realm, if you will, just video games. Um, so that's, we've been busy with that for about a year and a half and it's finally starting to pick up some steam. So I've been pretty busy with that. Um, if I can get back to football, um, commentating or, or in-studio analyt, analytics, then I will. Um, you know, uh, I, I kind of, I, like, I don't like being, like I've never liked just playing one sport and I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. Not that 
I'm giving any less effort. I just like to be busy with different things. It kind of keeps my mind fresh, kind of keeps me um, up to date on multiple areas. I just can't see myself just doing one thing um, for the rest of my life. I think it has to be multiple for me. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, Clint, do you have any last questions for Shane? Uh, yeah, I think I have, I have two quick ones. Uh, one, listening to you talk about all the different things you did to prepare yourself, you, you know, talking about how you need to be doing all of the little things, right? Yeah. What, what we put in our body, all of those sort of things. I'm actually really curious about um, the prioritization of sleep and how important that is to allow you to perform your best. Was there a focus on getting good sleep when you were playing? Year three. Um, it's weird. It's like my first two years were like the wild west, but like year three, we hired, um, a new, a nutritionist, a new nutritionist. Um, and he was very, very sleep oriented. He had, you know, how they have like those watches now that track your sleep. Well, we had, um, this was probably 2012 to 13. It was like a very early version of that. And, um, some people didn't like it. I liked it because, I never realized how little sleep I was actually getting. Right. I used to sleep with the TV on, um, would stay up until like 1am, then be up again at six and just think that five hours was enough of sleep with the TV, you know? So once I, once I understood how important sleep actually was and how different I felt on a day-to-day basis, I made it a, a definite priority. Um, but like when you're when you're young, you're invincible, right? Right. And then, <laughs> and then you have to then you have to learn that no, you're not, and like you're hurting yourself and you're hurting your performance. And at the end of the day, you're hurting your your bank account. Um, you're hurting your job, your you know job security um, by not doing those little things that's taking care of yourself and and being able to get the most out of yourself on a day to day basis. So, um, you know, like. It was, it was such a learning, like, I, I, feel, I felt mature going into the league, and then a couple weeks, a couple months later, I've never felt so immature, and then I had to, like, <laughs> learn how to be, like, a responsible professional, right. and, like, all right, and, uh, you know, there's nobody that's going to make sure you're in class, there's no one that's going to make sure you're going to bed, there's none of that, it's all, like, do you want to do it for yourself? Um, and once I finally agreed that, like, okay, I can't be staying up. I really need to, like, put forth more effort um, in the areas that I wasn't. I saw a, a significant um, change in, in, my, in my career. Right. Dude, how yeah. much are you missing sleep now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> With a yeah. seven-week-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I can't – I'm not, like, a big napper. Uh, like, it's hard for me to fall asleep during the day. So, like – Oh man, it's tough. Brutal. It's tough, but I am getting into bed early. Like I'm in, I'm like in bed whether I'm sleeping or not. Like I'm in bed by like eight thirty. <laughs> like, and I have no complaints. Usually, like I mean, like if we were wanting to take five years, eight thirty, I'm like eating dinner, getting ready to get the night going, you know. <laughs> but but now it's like no, no, dinner's at five or six, and then we're in bed by eight thirty. Right. But I need my sleep. I, I have to have my sleep. So the trick is having a baby, basically, right? Then they'll put you <laughs> yeah. bed early. Yeah, exactly. Did That's you find it hard to to get good sleep when you were when you were traveling, like during the season? Because I would I would think going from time zone back to the time zone and trying to keep your body on a regular sleep schedule might be tough. Um. Yeah, I, it just, like you said, the the time change kind of um, 
would mess things up if, if we traveled like to the, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, I think what I think the, the thing, the tough thing about traveling and playing in road games in the NFL is that you get there a day before the game and then you go play and then you go back home. Mm-hmm. Like there's not really time to acclimate yourself to like right. wherever new city that you're playing in, you know. So it's it's not that it's like hard, but it, it takes some getting used to. Um, and you know, sleeping in a hotel uh, in another city, different time, and then you're getting up maybe earlier or later than what you're used to. Um, that you know, it just it just takes some getting used to it, and it's, it's so much of it is finding your own routine. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm a big believer in a routine and, and in, you know, a schedule of some sorts of some type of routine that gets you up and gets you going during the day. And so figuring that out, um, when you're traveling is tough. Um, but once you figure it out, it's, it's fine. It's not, it's not really too big of a deal. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. My, my last question, I, I hate to be that guy, but I have to ask you about Tom Brady. Um, I mean, he was winning Super Bowls when you were a kid growing up. Uh, he's still winning Super Bowls somehow. Uh, I mean, what is that like watching that happen as a former teammate of his? I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, so like, I think when, when they, uh, when they beat the Packers or during that game, I just tweeted out, I was like, whether you want my, my meaning was whether you want Tom or Aaron to win you need to sit back and just watch this greatness that like, we're, we're not going to see maybe Patrick Mahomes, but we're not going to see another quarterback play as long as he has played. And when seven Super Bowls go to 10 Super Bowl, like we're not going to see that again. So we need like, so like we need to stop hating on him and just enjoy and watch this greatness because it's truly remarkable. Um, like, I don't think because he's done it so often, I don't, I think it, I don't think it, people really understand just how hard that is, how hard it is just to win a game, not only win a playoff game with a new team in your first year, but they want all their playoff games on the road. And then they go and win the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, who haven't really looked like they could be beat at any point in the last two years. Like if you really sit down and write down all all the adversity that that team had to go through, all the adversity that Thomas had to go through his entire career, it's unbelievable. Um, and the numbers that he consistently puts up, the teams are consistently well coached, well. They play well. They don't make a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, it's because that shit is hard. Excuse my language, but <laughs> okay. that, it is hard. It is extremely difficult. And for him to do it with such class and not ease, but determination and motivation, it still looks like he wants more. That's it's impressive. And I'm, I'm just I just like I said, I I don't even try and like because I, I watch games now and I try not to like pick apart little things. I just want to just, when it was a Super Bowl, I just wanted just to watch it as a fan and just take witness to what was actually going on. Yeah. It's remarkable. Shane, do you think, do you put Tom Brady in the bucket of like being an underdog story or like a fun <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, I do. But to, I do until his first Super Bowl. Got it. Okay. Once, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely an underdog until his first Super Bowl. 
But after that, he was he's no longer an underdog to me. Got it. Okay. If you want a Super Bowl, you're no longer an underdog. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to win it now. You that's, gotta go that's look Shane Vereen policy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. My last question is, you know, our podcast is called The Space Between, which in Buddhism, there's this idea of like being on the middle path of like balancing like, you know, our ego and like the unconscious mind and like, you know, our desire for like money and things, but also this like spiritual connection. Shane, in your journey, where do you find that you have the most inner conflict on finding balance? Like, where are you like, I don't know, maybe it's even football, Shane, versus this new guy. Like, yeah, what? where are, yeah. You, where are you feeling conflicted? Right now, where am I feeling, feeling conflicted? Yeah, the, it comes from me doing one thing for so much of my life, um, being football. And then one day it's done. And now I'm here two, year, two and a half years later, uh, trying to figure out, like you said, exactly where do I want to, where do I want to take this ship? Like, mm-hmm. what direction do I really want to go? When for so long in my life, I knew what direction I wanted to go. I knew the goals that I wanted to hit. And I knew how to, how I, I thought I knew how to get there. At least I had a good idea of how to get there. Um, now I'm conflicted with like, do I want to work? Do I want to do this? Like, of course I want to work. Of course I still want to stay motivated. Like I said, I, the biggest fear I have is staying stagnant. Um, but just picking, picking the right opportunities, I think. Um, and I think that that's difficult because I've never had to choose between do I work with this business or do I take my stuff and work with this business? I've never been in that situation. So taking the last couple of years to kind of take the ups and downs and, and really learning what it, what it is I want to do and what it is that's going to make me happy mm-hmm. uh, and kind of not fill the void, but just continue me on my path of, you know, progression. Yeah. Cause Shane for football, there was like a blueprint, right? Of like, this is what you do. And now it's like, I can do anything. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the freedom is nice, but at the same time, it's like I, there's time. There are definitely times where like I wake up and I look at my and I have nothing to do and I feel lost. Mm-hmm. You know, like what should I be doing? I should be doing something. I should be doing something because for so much of my life, there was something I needed to do or there was something I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's kind of just like I work out in the morning and then it's like okay take care of the baby, but like, what can I do to like, you know, and there's, there's definitely, excuse me, that lost feeling. And, um, especially, especially guys that, that come out of the league, um, early, late, whenever it may be. I mean, I have these conversations with, um, with a lot of my former teammates that just have no idea, right. um, you know, and it's, and it's, like I said, the freedom's nice, but at the same time, you feel lost and you don't feel like you have a purpose and you don't feel like you know what, like who you are, you know, because of such a big part of you, of who you were is now removed. Right. Um, and so, so much, so much value, value, like value, value to it, right? Like you are, yeah. there's so much like, gosh, you're, I mean, you're a celebrity. It's like, you're in the NFL. Like it's this big right. thing. It's like, really interesting that's like a shadow side I think of the NFL of like once you're out then who are you and that's a whole process it seems like yeah yeah it's yeah it's definitely a process because you know who you are at your core um but 
unfortunately, what, who you are for so much of your life has been attached to what you've done. Right. Um, and now that that part is done, you need to go now. Now, what do you do? Like so many people ask me, oh, like, what do you do now? And it's like, well, I kind of do a lot of different things because like, I don't really, I, not that because I like doing a lot of different things, but also it's like, I don't know which one has that, that I have that love for like I did with football. Um, and I probably, to be honest, I probably won't ever find that again. And I'm okay with that. Um, I think that I just need to continue to grow myself. Um, and, and like I said, continue to make progressions and whatever it is I choose to do, uh, give it everything that I have. Yeah. I think anyone who knows you knows you will be great at whatever that ends up being. Um, so I'm, I feel honored to be a witness to that. Shane, where can people follow you or follow like any of your businesses? But yeah. So, um, um, Instagram is Shane Vereen 34. Uh, or no, Instagram is Shane 34. Uh, Twitter is uh, Shane Vereen 34. Uh, we have our um, gaming network is called ESTV. Uh, it's on anywhere you can stream. Um, and um, yeah, you can follow ESTV on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hanging out. I'm just chilling, just enjoying, just enjoying day to day life, and and uh, yeah, just being me. Awesome, Shane. Thank you so much for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate. Thanks so much, Shane. It was great to meet you. Awesome. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs>